Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Ken Chen, who had a near-death experience while in the hospital in early 2022, and today we're going to learn about it. Ken, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. So, Ken, if you don't mind, let's just start at the beginning when it happened and go from there. Sure. Um, well, it happened around Christmas time. I um, was taking some time off work, and we have a family ranch uh, um, about an hour from my house here in East Texas. And just to kind of show you where I was at to where I went to, you know, I was going out there. I, I enjoy going out. We did hunt and fish there. And um, I was doing a little road work. The roads get washed out every now and then. And, you know, I could pay somebody to do it, but I just enjoyed doing it. So, you know, I had a, oh, a few hundred of bags, 60 pound bags of concrete and, you know, buckets of rock. And I'm just repairing the road where it is washed out um, and, you know, tossing them around like it's nothing. So during that, then uh, Christmas Eve, we always have uh, at my brother, sister-in-law's house, we go over there and Christmas Eve, uh, I knew something was wrong. And we had have the big spread and the meal and the whole family. And as soon as, um, as soon as I fish, finished eating, I just had these sweats and uh, cold chills come over me. And, uh, you know, I, I probably should have left right then and gone to the ER, but I'm a little bit stubborn. I didn't. So I forced myself to make it through the night and, uh, just came home, went straight to bed. Um, the next day, Christmas Day, we have the family over at our house. Usually my wife's family comes over and we celebrate. Um, I did not get out of bed all day. Uh, I was so uh, weak and exhausted and uh, you know, just having trouble, began to have trouble breathing. And, uh, you know, she would check on me off and on. Um, and uh, everybody thought, you know, you know, I'm going to double down on my vitamins. I'm going to drink some, you know, orange juice and I'm going to beat this, you know, flu or whatever. So um, I fought it for several days. Um, and then uh, I wasn't getting any better. So. My wife gives great medical advice. She said, let's go to one of these little hosp hospitality. Let's go to one of these uh, ER type clinics. Um, and so we went and uh, I tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, they gave me some antibiotics and some cough medication and so forth. You know, go home, rest. And and if you start feeling worse, you know, come back and see us again. Well, 
I went back two days later and, uh, you know, I'm not one who goes to the hospital or, you know, clinics. If I'm going to the doctor, it's because I'm sick to death. I'm not there for fun. Um, so, you know, I felt deteriorating. I felt like I was getting weaker and um, wasn't going the right direction. So I ended up going back four times every other day. And they had hooked me up to oxygen. The third time they gave me an oxygen tank and had it going full blast. And my blood oxygen levels, um, you know, about 98 is about normal. I say, you know, I'm even with the air, you know, I'm, I'm hovering around the mid 80s. So um, there uh, was no improvement. And uh, I went back the fourth time and thank God that there was a doctor there. Like I said, this is just a clinic and uh, I wasn't at the hospital at this point in time. But this doctor had had uh, COVID a year before I did. And as soon as he walked in the room, I mean, he, he just called it. He said, you are not leaving here. The only way you're leaving here is as an ambulance and I'm going to get you a room at the hospital. So I, at that point in time, I, I thought, you know, I, finally, you know, someone's uh, putting their foot down. And it took him about eight hours because at this time, uh, January, February, so forth in East Texas, I mean, you know, people were dying left and right. I had colleagues that I worked with that died from COVID. Um, and uh, it was uh, pretty serious here. Uh, you know, uh, friends, um, uh, family members, my mother-in-law passed away from it. Um, but uh, so he would come back in and check with on me about every hour uh, while we were just sitting there passing time. You know, I've got an oxygen mask on and struggling to breathe. And he would tell me and my wife a little bit more of his story. Um, and he was one of the lucky few who actually, uh, he checked himself in at a local hospital and uh, he checked himself in and said, put me on a ventilator. And uh, he was came off the ventilator 12 days later, which is a whole nother story, but uh, it took him nine months to get back to where he could actually return and come back to work. But he saw in me what he had experienced a year earlier. And so, you know, I'm sitting there uh, just passing the time waiting and, you know, he'd come in and give us little tidbits here and there. And later it it took quite, you know, seven, eight hours or so for the ambulance and for a room to free up at the local hospital. Well, they take me by ambulance to the hospital and, you know, I was, uh, I was expecting to, you know, just have a room by myself and you know turn the air up a little bit maybe they had some you know could breathe better but i was uh literally bombarded uh, i guess maybe he had prepped them about how dire my situation was so instead of me just being wheeled into a room and uh, um, you know going to sleep and trying to feel better. I'm sitting there, I find myself facing four doctors and some nurses 
and just in my face about, you know, we want to put you on a vent. We want you to sign a DNR and we want you to do it right now. You're wasting time. Uh, you're not going to make it. This is your best and, and maybe only option that you have. And, you know, they took turns trying to convince me and um, I just wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't follow their, um, the treatment protocol that they were putting on me. And we was just going back and forth. And it, it was, I would say it was mildly combative. Um, and, you know, they're like, you know, we're trying to help you. You don't realize how sick you are. Let us help you. You know, we don't want you to die on our shift. Um, and, um, I remember toward the end of it, I, I told them, I said, oh, well, I said, you know, I, I, I hear you. I said, but I said, everything I've read uh, tells me that only about 12% of the people that go on ventilators live to come off of them. And I remember how I got dead silence then. And it was combative enough and confrontational enough because I think they were, I would like to think they had my best interest at heart. But none of them argued with me on that point. Uh, none of them said, okay, now it's 35%. I mean, 12, I said, you know, that's wrong. It's 50%. Or, and uh, so when they saw that I was not going to follow their protocol, um, I, I used the words. I, I felt like they just dismissed me to die. And I knew my situation was dire. I mean, I knew, I mean, I'm struggling for breath. I, I knew I'm sitting here wiping perspiration, sweat off my forehead. My hands are clammy. Um, can't breathe. My oxygen level, I'm looking at it, you know, is in the 70s and it was serious. I knew I wasn't kidding myself. And I just told him, I said, look, if I'm going to die, I want to die aware of what's going on around me. And, and that's, that's how, that's how I'm going to play it out. And so they had a nurse, uh, wheeled me to the end of the hall, um, uh, hooked me up. Uh, I had a technician come and hook me up instead of going on an event. They put me on a, a BiPAP machine. It's a breathing machine that forces air into your lungs. It's a, sort of a step down, I guess, from a van. And um, so I felt like, you know, they sent my wife home. By this time, my brother was there. And, you know, they were getting um, news that they did not want to hear. Uh, I have a great primary care physician who... You know, and where I live, they're all, all the doctors know each other. So he was in communication with the doctors at the hospital and, uh, you know, calling the family and saying, hey, you know, I love Ken. He's a hard-headed guy. He's a hard worker, but he should have gotten to the, he should have gotten to the hospital sooner instead of waiting all this time, but it's not looking good. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so after I, uh, found myself dealing with all the doctors and I'm being pushed down the doors being closed upon me and the curtains being pulled um, you know it was uh, 
it was a very sobering experience to say the least. Uh, no, I had no visitors at, that night. No one could come in. Uh, the tech that was, I had a tech that was there. You have to get fitted for a BiPAP mask and, uh, you know, really, uh, it really hit me. I'm sure with all of the death he was experiencing, it's probably late on his shift and, and he's got his back to me and he's just over here to the side and, and uh, he says something so thoughtless. He says, you know, people in your condition just don't get up and walk out of here. That's the word you want to hear, isn't it? <laughs> but it really put me on alert, and I could tell he felt terrible when he said it. You know, sometimes we're snared by the words of our mouth, and, you know, the Bible says there's life and death and the power of the tongue, and on and on. And, uh, you know, I didn't hold it against him. Uh, he was just, he was saying what everybody else was thinking. Um, and uh, so I went from dealing with the doctors. Uh, you know, to dealing with God. It's just me and God alone in this room. And, uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been a believer since my teenage years, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I actually have a degree and background in theology and studied the Bible and the word of God, you know, for, you know, 45 years. Um <clears throat> So as soon as the door closed, I began to think about Jacob. You know, Jacob's experience. Uh, he thought that he was going to be dead the next morning. Uh, he stole the birthright from his brother Esau. Esau's coming to kill him. It's going to take him out. It's going to take his family out. But Esau had an experience with God that night. A theophany. Uh, he, um, he wrestled with an angel of God all night long. He wrestled and he prevailed. Um, and I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I closed my eyes, if I closed my eyes and I went to sleep and just rolled over, and it would have been so easy to do. If I did that, I was going to die. I would not wake up. I would not wake up. So in, in the condition I was in, as, as bad as I felt and as fatigued as I was, and this was this you know, this is 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. I, I knew I had to fight for my life. It was so hard just to take each and every breath. Um, I knew if I, if I closed my eyes and went to sleep, I'd be a dead man. And, uh, you know, so I just, I, I prayed all through the night. You know, I began to think about all these different Bible passages and the scriptures and and just uh, uh, pray upon them, meditate upon them, uh, you know, because I knew uh, I knew uh, eternity. I was just one breath away from death and eternity. You know, I, I thought about the 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 youth, the, the Hebrew youth. Uh, you know that they were going to get thrown into the fire, and you know that their life was fixing to be over, and you know. Um, a certain death awaited them as well as I felt like a certain death awaited me. And, you know, to, to the miracle that happened, uh, you know, an angel appeared in the fire with them and they came out unharmed. And that was my prayer, you know, as God, um, 
my prayer was, God, let, let me live. I want to see my daughter, you know, grow up uh, more and get her more grounded in you and, and uh, you know, just let her mature more in faith. And, and uh, that was what gave me the desire and the will to fight was uh, to see to see her uh, where you know I feel like she didn't need me to to you know to to help her to you know to pull some strings in life or to make things happen uh, and uh, you know I began to think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane um, you know just praying crying out you know during that hour and 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 I'm no saint by any means this but but when you're one death away from death and eternity you you force yourself to do things that you've never done before if you have the will to live if you have that desire and um you know like jesus said to his disciples one time he says you know can't you hang out and pray with me for an hour i mean that's that's ken chin you know my mind just wanders all the time you know 15 minutes, you know, I'm up bouncing off the wall with thinking of things I need to do or, you know, projects, uh, you know, tasks. Uh, but, uh, but during, but during this time, just, uh, you know, just calling out to God, pleading, begging, and just crying, God, God, bring me deliverance. You know, your word says that you're an ever present help in the time of need. God, I, I mean, I need you now. I need you now, not not tomorrow. I need you now, you know. And I I begin to remember, you know, what uh, a minister I used to listen to would say a lot. He says, "God does not answer prayer, Jeff. God answers desperate prayer." And I was desperate. I was desperate. The doctors couldn't help me. Family couldn't help me. Money couldn't fix it. Um, you know, so I was just, I was just groaning, you know, the, the, the Bible says, you know, Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows, uh, he knows how we feel when we're, we're the feelings of our infirmity, the spirit of God, you know, it, it talks about in Romans, how we just groan in the spirit and, and, and much of the night, I, I mean, when I would continue to think about all these different Bible passages that I know inside out you know, Hannah praying and crying and weeping before the Lord. And, you know, it was desperate prayer for her. And God answered that prayer. Um, and all these different things that are that are going on. And, um, you know, the, the psalmist says, as long, as long as I have a breath, I will cry out to God. And so, you know, during this time, I'm really, I'm in and out. Um, I could feel my body shutting down. And I never, I don't think I really ever left my body, but, uh, but it was like, I could see, uh, see the, the spiritual battle. And I just had this, this awareness that was going on. It was like death was really just hovering in the room. Um, you know, just this spirit of death, uh, just waiting to claim me. I felt like, and, uh, as I was wrestling and praying and, uh, and, and calling out to the Lord for help. You know, and uh, I knew God heard my prayers. I didn't know if he would answer them the way I wanted him to answer them, you know. Um, so, 
through, through this whole experience, I mean, just, I would say probably a couple of hours were going by in this and, you know, the, the scriptures just over and over, you know, Psalms uh, 73, you know, the psalmist is praying, my flesh and my heart are failing. But God, you're the strength of my heart. And, you know, I could feel my flesh and my heart failing. And there was just this tension of, uh, of you know, almost being out of the body and and I, almost to the point where I felt like I was just fixing to collapse. I, I was I was groaning in the spirit so much, uh, this intensity just to stay alive and, and, and the will to live and to and to just make it to the morning. I felt like I had to make it to the morning. And um, I almost felt like just, you know, my body, I just felt like I was about to burst open. It was so intense. Uh, very, very uh, uh, serious battle throughout the night. And as this began to go on, uh, all of a sudden I felt this surge of power running through my body. And, you know, as weakened as I was, uh, this was much welcome because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on, you know, by one breath at a time here. And, um, I felt like this surge, you know, and the scripture talks about the spirit of God can quicken. It, it can give life. And so I began to sense this spiritual quickening in my body. And it gave me a, a burst of, of uh, you know, felt like electricity was kind of running through my body, my arms and legs and to continue to pray and, and just uh, plead with the Lord, uh, you know, just groaning, groaning and, and then uh, as, um, as that began to go on, it, it, I began to feel um, transition to where the, I began to feel weak again. Um, and uh, I began to feel more desperate. Uh, I thought, you know, I, I don't know if I can pull this off. I don't know. You know, I, I'm one of these people that prays for 15 minutes. You know, I'm just <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, and it's me, but um, something just rose up in me, and I and I just kept fighting and fighting. You know, God, you're our refuge and strength, and and uh, Lord, I, I need you right now. I need your strength. I need your power. Um, I need your resurrection life to flow through me. Uh, you know, I just was just praying without ceasing, as the Bible says. And after a little more time went by, I. Uh, I was just laid up, just pleading with God, and and I looked down, and my body began to just glow with this bright light, and it was just so beautiful. And and my first reaction was, "Wow, you know, I, I've read stories about people, you know, they see the light, they think they're seeing the light, and they saw the light or something." And, people were at their bedside and they said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the light. I see Jesus. I'm fixing to die. And so I literally thought, you know, God, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I prayed my prayer. You're not going to answer it. I'm, I'm headed for eternity and in, in heaven. And uh, not that that's a bad thing, but again, my heart, you know, I was praying, God, give me the desires of my heart. My heart was to live and, and see my daughter, uh, uh, 
do do better and mature and uh, I just didn't I didn't want to die with everything in me you know I fought it um, and so after a period of time this light this my kind of fear I guess of dying I begin to just breathe I became fascinated. I would sit there and look at my hands and, you know, just to describe it, it was just this white light glowing. And, you know, that's I, I, the description. I don't want to say Christmas lights, but it just, it was just like life within the light, it, like particles moving and, and bouncing around. And uh, it wasn't just a, a static light, just, all over my arms and and um i begin to take comfort in that instead of having the fear that i had initially and i begin to think i thought you know this is this is uh something supernatural is going on here um something that the senses that we don't normally see with our physical eyes i, I believe there is a spiritual realm that you know that most of us are you know, don't really walk in or see unless we're in a position to where something maybe traumatic has happened or something is going on, a near-death experience that that you hear about these type things. And uh, certainly a near-death experience for me. So this light just um, gave me comfort and strength and and uh, just an encouragement, whether it was uh, the spirit of God, whether this was, uh, you know, an angel, uh, you know, the, the Bible talks about angels are sent to minister to heirs of salvation, to give us strength uh, and on and on all of the different passage. Uh, but uh, very, very strong uh, uh, presence that uh, gave me encouragement to to continue to pray and, and just be fascinated by it. Uh, like I said, this is, I'm not, uh, you know, one who, uh, you know, claims to have strange experiences that like this, uh, you know, I'm very rational and uh, analytical, but this was something I could not deny. And this was so, uh, so beautiful and, uh, so peaceful, um, so this went on for a period of time, maybe 20, 30 minutes, and then the light just gradually just disappeared. And it just, you know, it was like highs and lows during this night all alone. Uh, I began to have another sinking spell. I thought, man, you know, this is, uh, this is good, but uh, I've still got a long ways to go. You know, I, I need to hang on. I can't. I can't go to sleep. Uh, you know, I thought about just rolling over, but I knew, I knew if I did it, you know, it was over. I would lose the battle. So I just began to pray again. Uh, if it could get any more intense, it got more intense. Uh, just pouring out my heart to the Lord. God, be merciful to me. Extend my days. You know, let me, let me, uh, let me see your mercies new every morning. Let me have another morning. Um, just uh, just weeping and crying out to the Lord. You know, when you get real when it's just you and God alone and you're one breath away from eternity. And there's nobody there to impress, brother. Um, and this this went on for a period of time. And 
And then I heard a voice. I am on my deathbed. And I'm not, again, I'm not one to claim to hear the voice of God, but I heard a voice and the voice spoke to me clearly and said, you shall live and declare the glory of God. And it was like it just jarred me, my my head and my spirit. And again, my body was just kind of in and out. And, and then I heard the voice again, you shall live and declare the glory of God. And I'm trying to process all this in my brain and and what's going on in the spiritual realm around me and, 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 and the warfare that I felt like I was experiencing with life and death. And I heard the voice again the third time. It seemed like with more conviction and with more, uh, more, more power uh, is, you know, you shall live and declare the glory of God. And, and man, that was just like a, a, a lifeline to me at that point in time. Uh, you know, I, I, I held on to that. I must have said that to myself another, you know, hundred thousand times during the night as I'm breathing and trying to just, you know, take one. Uh, one breath uh, you know the, the whole way out uh, and I, I, I fought it and fought it and fought it um, and even with that word even with that word you know just beautiful word from God I began to to think you know is that in the Bible you know where did that come from uh, questioning you know uh, what what exactly processing this and I, I couldn't come up with the scripture in fact it is it's in psalms 118 i found out you know a week or so later which gave me even greater comfort but yeah you know god is saying you know I, i've got this i've got you and uh that that gave me faith i think and uh, i just don't think i would have made it uh, i thank god for the experience of of the light and the spoken word and the, and the Holy Spirit quickening me through the night, all these different things that that I was experiencing while I was right there, just felt like I was about to walk through, the, you know, the door of death or eternity. And, uh, you know, I just kept having the will to fight, not to, not to go over to the other side, so to speak. Um, and, and I, I'm still, I'm just wrestling in prayer, Jeff. The uh, the nurse, um, I could hear the door. You know, they had those glass sliding doors, and uh, when I heard that hand on the door, and her slide that door open, and pull that curtain back, man, it, it was just like this spiritual power in my weakened near-death state is like the spirit of god that just surged all up over me and uh i, I knew that i had won this battle i had won this victory um you know i began to think about lazarus you know i didn't actually die but i the first thing i thought about was lazarus how jesus had raised him from the dead and and i knew immediately i had I had been given uh, an, another chance. I'd been given new life again, and and just everything just seemed to be new to me. Um, it was like there was a separation from 
that night before and going forward, uh, you know, I, I saw just again knowing the Bible. I, I thought about the the, uh, the nation of Israel there in the desert, and you know they've got mountains on both sides, you know, and 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 the and the sea in front of them. The you know the Egyptian army is coming after them. I mean, it looked like certain death. And of course, we know the story. God parted the waters. They walked over on um, on dry land. And then as the Egyptian army, powerful military army of the day, the water closed in on them and they died. But that near-death experience for the whole nation, not just for an individual, but then they had a whole new life on that other side. And and I don't know why that passage, but that passage came to me. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ushering you into a new experience. Uh, I'm, you know, what has happened? Uh, this is this is not meant for you to death, but this is kind of like opening up a different, a, a new door, and uh, to me, and uh, just so so many things like that. I just had such a joy. I had no reason to have a surge of strength. I mean, I'm just like so washed out. I hadn't slept all night, uh, and uh, just wrestling with God and and um, through the night like that. I began to think about Psalms. You know, the psalmist says, our soul is escaped, you know, like a snare. You know, we were meant to be trapped, to die, but our soul is escaped. And I felt like you know, that, that surge, I felt like that my spirit that I'd escaped, the, you know, the, the you know, the, the grim reaper death that night, uh, you know, fighting in the, in, the, uh, in the hospital room. And she didn't say a word to me. The nurse uh, was shocked that I was still, still with her, still with them. And, um, she went back to her nurse's station and something, I guess she's, you know, where are we, what are we going to do with this guy? And, and uh, anyway, they, uh, they found a room. They put me in a room 602 and uh, I actually stayed there for another uh, 30 days. I was in the, they had the sixth floor and the fourth floor. The sixth floor was for critical COVID patients. The fourth was for, Patients who weren't quite as uh, as critical, but uh, even though all of the hospital staff and the doctors, they all felt like um, you know that I wasn't going to make it. I mean, it's still medically speaking, if you look, they were X-raying my lungs every other day, and you know I'm wired up, heart monitor, everything, everything that's going on, uh, and I, I couldn't stand up. I, I mean, I was just deathly weak it, I would sit there and move my feet you know a half an inch then try to move my shoulders just just to get to the recliner that's beside my bed so I could sit up during the day uh, you know that went on for several weeks uh, and uh, I, I went from from you know like I said just in that short period of time from tossing around 60 pound bags of concrete out the ranch to where I could not pick up a fork and feed myself. I was um, so blessed in another way too, that uh, at this time when I just went in, uh, they changed the hospital policy where you could have a couple of visitors come in prior to this. I mean, I, people just died up there all alone. 
I have friends that died up there. And uh, so I wouldn't have had the strength to feed myself if it wasn't for my wife to be able to come in and do that. Uh, you know, there I couldn't, uh, I was, I'll just say I was helpless without getting into too many details about all the assistance that you do need uh, when you're in such a weakened state. But, but yeah, um, you know, I, I, God just showed up that night. Uh, you know, everybody wants to experience a miracle and wants to experience a supernatural touch from God and, uh, you know, have a visitation from God, or at least we say we do. And, you know, I, I, I really believe in all that. I think God is, I think most of the time we're just not aware of what's going on. We're so, we're so busy. We're, we're so active with what's happening in our lives. We've got so much to do that the supernatural and the spiritual uh, realm uh, is we're just oblivious to it. It's kind of like Elisha story in the Bible. You know, the, the king uh, sent uh, to this one prophet in Israel, you know, sent his whole army out there to capture him and bring him back because uh, he was operating in the spiritual realm. He was getting words from God and telling uh, the king of Israel, hey, they're going to attack us here. Or they're going to attack us there. And this went on several times. And so he sends his whole army after the prophet. And the prophet's servant is nervous and, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to die. He's seen the you know, multitude of army out here with horses and spears and all this. And, you know, Elisha just so casual. He's he's seeing things in the spiritual realm that his servant is not seeing. And he says, you know, the forces that are with us, all of these angels, angelic beings that are with us, God's angels are much more powerful than that. And he just said, prayed a simple prayer, Lord, open my servant's eyes. And his eyes were open. And he was able to see into that spiritual realm. Uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people want to experience that. But, you know, I think most of the time God has a price that we have to pay to in order to experience that. Um, you know, have I spent another all nighter in prayer? I have not, you know, uh, you know, I, I, uh, and I know the price there is to pay to have an experience and encounter with God and, and, uh, you know, salvation, I believe is, is free, but I think a, a walk with God is going to cost you, you know, um, I think Jesus, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave, whoever believes, on and on, uh, uh, you know. But if we really want to uh, develop our spiritual eyes and, and ears and be able to hear what the Spirit is saying and be able to see these things in the spiritual realm, like many of the apostles and prophets throughout the whole Bible, you know, it, it should be more common, I think, than what it is. Uh, there's a scripture that's always um, stuck in my heart is Judges chapter 6, verse 13. And it says, if God be with us. And most Christians claim God is with them. If, if God be with us, where are all his miracles? So as Gideon saying, so in Gideon's mind, and you could really chase this from Genesis through Revelation. 
wherever God was operating and God was moving, something supernatural was going on. You know, if God be with us, where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of? And, um, you know, being able to develop that, uh, you know, seeing things in the spirit, they call some of the Old Testament prophets, they were called seers. They saw things that I did. I don't see. Maybe, I don't know, you may see them, Jeff, or some other people may see them. I know people who are kind of gifted in that area that they they have tapped into, you might say, or, you know, they're aware of things spiritually. And, uh, you know, I know there's fake and false out there, but I think there is the real true spirit of God operating and speaking today. I think we just need to tune in and listen uh, a little more. so it's um I'm glad to be alive. Uh it's been a struggle. Uh I did not get an immediate uh miracle healing. In fact, I, someone told me, Well, Ken, you prayed the wrong prayer. I, and said, you know, you should have prayed for God just to heal you and walk out of there. But I just didn't I, I didn't that never even crossed my mind. I just prayed God, you know. From the bottom of my heart, God, just let me live. Let me live, and uh, and God answered my prayer. Um, it's been a it's been a battle. Uh, you know, I have um, struggled. I did, uh, you know, like I, said, I did rehab. I did that, and I fought like that, and uh, I, um, I, you know. I've, I've always been a very strong man, uh, you know, not, not, I'm not saying in a prideful way, but typically when I walk into a room, I, I'm usually the strongest man in the room. And I don't say that arrogantly or I'm, I'm just, that's just, you know, I hit the gym, I work out at the ranch, and, uh, but to, to hit that type of point and, and to, uh, to go from, you know, to where you can't even stand up, where you have to learn how to walk again within just such a short period of time. Um, you know, and I, I lost 32 pounds of muscle. I'm just I'm starting to get a little bit of that back, but um, and 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 my eating is is really returned. Uh, I've never lost my. A lot of people lose their sense of smell or appetite. I've never really lost that, but. Yeah, it was just a God encounter, um, you know, um, very, very supernatural night, um, unexpected. Uh, you know, I hope to have more encounters like this in the future. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's certainly opened my eyes. You know, it's one thing to 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 know scripture and to be able to quote it. But it's quite another to experience it when you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, when you've walked through that door. And, and uh, man, I just have such appreciation for life now. And, you know, a lot of the things that uh, I just have to smile and laugh. I see people get upset at little minor things, you know, I'm thinking, you know, chill out, brother. That's nothing. That is nothing, you know, and uh, I find myself sometimes uh, having lunch with business associates or family and 
just the mere fact of being able to pick the fork up and to breathe without the assistance of a BiPAP machine, just to pick my own food up and to put it in my mouth. Uh, it's uh, given me such a, uh, you know, uh, a different perspective, uh, a different view to the goodness of God and to, to enjoy every moment, enjoy every moment. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, we're, we're so blessed, uh, you know, uh, so blessed in so many different ways. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, thankful to be here with you. Ken, thank you for sharing your experience with us. When you heard the voice, did you hear the voice like in your own voice or did it sound like a completely different voice from your own? It's a completely different voice. It was a voice that uh, was distinct. It was very authoritative. It was powerful. It was unquestioning, um, just like... It was like a bullseye. It was like an arrow hitting the bullseye. Uh, and the force of it, as I said, it just it shook me because I was not I was not expecting to hear, you know, the voice of God, the Spirit of God speaking to me. You know, I, I I'm just expecting to try to stay alive. I'm fighting for my life, and and it really just rattled me and jolted me, and. Um, you know, I think that's why God spoke to me several times was you know, to let me know that it was him, that it was um, a clear, distinct. And, and, and each time, the second time and the third time, it became even more forceful and, and powerful to know that it, it was the Lord speaking to us, uh, speaking to me. Uh, I think you know, if you. You see, sometimes in the Bible where God had to say it more than once to somebody before it could get through to them. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a powerful, powerful experience. Uh, yeah. Would you say the voice came from like your thoughts inside your head or outside of you, like as if you heard it, like in the room or something? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it came from outside of me. You know, and I, I don't and I've, I've asked myself, I thought, am I the only one hearing this is can someone else hear this? But it's like it went into my ear, into my mind. And, you know, this. Um, so that that's, you know, it's I don't know if that's very descriptive, but yeah. But but as it went in, I, I began to think about it and reason with it like we do with our mind and uh yeah but I, I felt like it was outside of myself coming in do you feel like it was god speaking to you or is it possible it was an angel that's another great question uh i guess it could have been either i guess it could have been either it could have been you know the spirit of god uh, using the word of god to speak to me God delivers his message, as it says in Hebrews, in various ways. You know, you can't, I can't put God in a box. He can speak to me through you or, or anyone I meet on the street or just, but, um, yeah, I think it was, 
it was a, it was a supernatural experience. What whether it was an angel or the spirit of God. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I'm, I mean, some uh, some some people may even say it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. That would probably be. You know, what I would lean to, uh, you know, Jesus said, when he leaves, the spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He speaks uh, just like a person if we're dialed in and tuned in to listen. Did the doctors from the beginning that wanted you to go on the ventilator at some point, did they ever say, you know, we didn't think you're going to make it, but we were wrong and you pulled through? Oh, wow. So, yeah. so many things I could have said, and I've left out so much. So uh, my wife and I had nicknames for some of the different doctors just between us very affectionately. Uh, you know, one of them I called my cheerleader, and uh, one of them I called Dr. Death. Um, so when they had moved me into the room 602 after after I survived that night, uh, I'm right there in the middle of the COVID unit. And I, I've got a clear view of everything that is going on. And and I could see him coming across and looking in there. He didn't know I'd be in there. He probably thought he'd saw me for the last time. That doctor stopped in his tracks, comes and says, he says, you must be a warrior. You know, that's, that's not a terminology that we... I, I don't use that in my vocabulary. He's obviously not an American doctor, but he says, you must be a warrior to still be alive. He said, I'm going to be watching you. And and all I could do, I just I gave him a thumbs up, you know, yeah, and just kind of grinned. But, you know, yeah. So they were shocked. In fact, it was a very... Uh, joyous reunion i went back uh, i guess it's been about three weeks ago i went back to the hospital and um i just wanted to say thank you to my nurses and caregivers uh and in the beginning they didn't recognize me but as soon as i started talking you know they came out from behind the nurse's station and they were hugging me and and everything and um you know uh, just, uh, it was very emotional and they they all say uh, we laugh about it now they all said well we didn't think you were going to make it <laughs> you know? I, I was like I know that you know but it, it was so cool just to uh, you know like the leper that returned you know Jesus healed the 10 lepers and one went back and gave him thanks and you know uh, God uses people for sure and uh, some of those people were very instrumental uh, helping me uh, on my way to recovery and you know I, I saw what went down when you're there for as long as i was um i mean it's just death left and right uh, around you and very 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 bad time and it, it can work on your mind uh, you know and uh i actually you know i i, I had my my wife and i we, we fed because they were so overworked, we fed the whole sixth floor, the nurses. They, I mean, some of them, weren't, they weren't even my nurses. I just had food brought in because they're so overwhelmed and so overworked. And, 
I would have food brought in and feed the whole floor. Did that four times. And I wanted them to know, hey, Jeff, that guy in 602, he's a good guy. If he ever needs help, you need to go help him, you know. Um, I didn't want him to think, you know, I was some jerk in there. and You know, I, I, I tried to, you know, help them along, you know, as, as bad as I was hurting and still struggling immensely. Uh, you know, I wanted them to know, hey, I appreciate y'all. Y'all are. Y'all are good folks. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a tough time. Uh, and had I had another experience here that I'll throw in there is um, as I was beginning to slowly improve, improve. Uh, so they uh, thought, okay, you, you're making a little progress, a little, not much, but so they were going to move me from the BiPAP machine to what they call a high flow oxygen machine, and. Uh, Okay, okay, that's good, that's progress. And the first time I saw this mask, I thought, wow, that, you know, I'm no engineer, but I thought that this thing looks like it could be designed better. You know, it like had inserts a tube here up into twist and locks. And I thought, man, you know, it's kind of funky looking. So during the daytime, I'd had some issues with it already. You know, it was leaking and one, one side would pop out or come loose and, you know, and the beep, 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 you know, my oxygen levels are falling and they come running. So a few days I've had this and I roll over, it's probably, you know, uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and the whole mass just falls apart. And I can hear the machine going off. You know, like I said, 98 is normal. And I'm looking, I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm starting to have panic attack here. This is not good. I'm praying, God, help me get this thing together. I'm pushing the call button. I mean, I'm hammering the call button. Nobody comes to my rescue. And... I am twisting and turning and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, God, you know, here it is. I, I looks like I'm beating COVID-19 pneumonia. I'm going to die because I can't get any air. And I remember I took my last breath and I, I'm twisting this mask, trying to get this thing pieced together. And I'm going, and somehow or another, I don't know to this day, I was able to snap the thing in there and I, and I'm going, <sighs> and I slowly, you know, hear the beeping. And I'm, you know, I'm at 69. I'm just watching my numbers improve. And I just thought, wow, you know, it, that three minutes, uh, you know, man, it seemed like forever uh, because I thought I was going to die again. And I thought, man, you know, somebody really wants to take me out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were so overworked. Uh, my my nurse, night nurse, uh, come to find out, you know, she she had to make a life or death decision the next morning. I mean, no, nobody ever came to check on me. And again, I, I'm not trying to fault them. Um, I I saw, you know, what they're up against and what they're dealing with during that time frame. Uh, it would overwhelm anybody, but. She was over a brand new patient who was just admitted. 
and he is on the verge of death. This man, she's standing over, looking over him right now and thinking, I don't know if he's going to make this or not. She said, I heard the button go off. You know, I hit the thing probably 20 times. But she said, I had to make a decision. She said, I knew what I was looking at and I couldn't leave him. But I, I was torn. I wanted to be at two places at one time where she had no idea you know, what I was facing. And, you know, again, God answered my prayer and I was able to put the thing together again. But uh, uh, my, my takeaway from all that is this. Um, if you or a loved one are in a situation like that and where it's just as, it's as critical as I was, um, always have someone with you through the night. Um, and, uh, from that moment forward, I, uh, my, had my wife contact a lady. I know that she sits with elderly people through the night. And I said, not again. I said, uh, talk, talk to her, find out, you know, what, you know, what, what her fee is to come in about 1030 at night. And my wife would come in at eight in the morning find out whatever it is and we're good so I, I made sure that uh you know if anything happened again she could at least go grab somebody and you know come 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 uh i found out that that call button's not any good if nobody comes you can push that thing <laughs> how have you changed spiritually since this experience yeah great right yeah i so so Man, my prayer life and the time that I spend in the Word of God, uh, in, in some ways, I feel like I'm reading the Bible again for the first time, you know, and just my communion and the time that I spend in prayer, and uh, it's given me a deeper desire to spend time with the Lord alone um, in prayer and uh, um definitely drawn me closer to God. It's drawn our family closer to God. And, you know, it's, uh, my daughter saw everything that was happening and, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, I wrote a book about all this. Um, and you know, the book's been out about a month and it's, uh, I, I've been just humbled by the way people have responded individually, you know, uh, posting on Amazon reviews, people, some of them I don't even know, and just others who have uh, reached out to people who are connected one way or another, but I don't really know them. They know some of my friends. Uh, but, you know, God has used the experience and um, to, to, to people's lives. Uh, you know, my, my daughter wrote a chapter in there as well as my wife from their perspective because they both thought I was going to die toward the end of the book and um it was my daughter's last semester at university she went to a, a university in nashville tennessee and you know she didn't you know my wife didn't sugarcoat anything she told her you know i don't know if you'll see your dad again or not and it was during all that you know she had to get on a plane and fly to nashville and she she didn't want to go back. She said, you know, hey, I can 
you know, I'm going to take off a semester. I'll go back and, you know, in the fall and, and graduate. But, and uh, between my brother and my wife, they said, you know, your dad would want you to go on and, and finish out and get your degree and, and not stop at this point. So yeah, it was very emotional when she was able to come back and, you know, walk through the door and, you know, give me a hug. I told her the story. I said, you know, you're, you're the reason you are, you know, um, God kept me around, I believe, just to, uh, to be around, uh, so you grow up even more. So it's, uh, it's quite something. And then, you know, my wife's chapter, uh, wow. You know, when you're fighting life and death, you, you're, you forget what day it is. And, uh, you know, you're just trying to, to take your next breath. Uh, it was actually the one year anniversary of her losing her mother to COVID January the 4th. And I, you know, I was like, man, I didn't, didn't even think about that. So she's, you know, she, her day, she had already planned, you know, she's a planner. She had already planned, you know, she was going to go to the graveside and, do the, put some flowers up and, um, you know, um, watch some home movies and so forth. And here she was thinking my husband's going to die one year from me losing my mother. You know, God, God, what are you doing? You know, I can't, I can't deal with that. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of another angle in the book that's uh, pretty touching. People tell me. What is the title of your book and where can people find it? Sure. It's called An Encounter with the Healer. And uh, it's, uh, well, if you see that, it's uh, available on Amazon. Uh, An Encounter with the Healer. And it's, you know, uh, I was just compelled to write it. I, I just, uh, I couldn't not write it. Um, felt like you know i told my wife i said I, I don't care if one person reads it or not i just have to put it down i got to tell my story of, of what the lord has done for me and uh she was against it she didn't she did not want me to write the book uh she said you know this has been such a dark period uh you know she was at the hospital every day taking care of me feeding me um you know she was like hey you know I don't want to read it. I don't, you know, I don't want to hear any more about this. God spared your life. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, you know, let's go take a vacation. Let's go to the beach. Uh, let's go to the mountains. Uh, let's get out of here and uh, let's put this behind us for good. And, but um, no, I wrote the book and uh, it's pretty touching about, you know, people and apparently God's using it in a small way to, touch people's lives to kind of like I shared the experience with me, you know, strong me close to the Lord. It's, um, people tell me they pick it up and they can't put it down. They read it through in one sitting. Uh, say the majority of people say that, uh, you know, uh, a very well-known man, very well-known man read it. And, uh, he said, I read it through twice. And he said, I just wept. And I'd, I'd sent him the manuscript because he, he's, if it wasn't beating good, he'd shoot straight with me. <laughs> he's, he doesn't pull any punches. And 
He said, don't change a word. So at that point, I felt like I was ready to release it out of my spirit and, you know, see, put it out there. But yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, I think any tragedy or any God experience, um, you know, I think people need to hear these type things. Uh, you know, I think Christians, especially we're so, you know, it's almost like you have two different camps, you know, some that are very wide apart. Uh, unfortunately, that you have the group that believe and, you know, miracles are still for today or God still speaks or the spirit of God still moves. And then you have a kind of another extreme over here, you know, what God did in the Bible. Now, that was the Bible days. None of that happens anymore. You know, they're what you would call cessationist. Everything has ceased. God is not really that active in the universe anymore or, or in my personal life or in anybody's personal life. But, you know, um, I choose to believe the Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, the God of the Bible is a loving, compassionate God who cares about mankind enough to send his son to die for our sins. And um, I believe God wants to be more active in our lives. I believe that, uh, you know, uh, the majority of that is on us. Uh, that uh, the reason why we don't see a lot of things is is because of, uh, you know, our, our lack of effort on our part. You know, God does his part. We have to do ours. I could have very easily just rolled over and gone to sleep. And I, I, I know I would have died, you know, if I hadn't have fought through the night and, I, and prayed through. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you. Are you open with that? And if so, how can they reach you? Uh, sure. Uh, I guess uh, my email you would you want to post the email or you may just give it out right now or uh you can just say it because this will also be on audio podcasts as well okay yeah you can tell i'm new to this it's uh, my email is my email is r a n d k chin c h i n n at sbcglobal.net i'll say one more time r a n d k Chin, C-H-I-N-N, at sbcglobal.net. And I'd be glad to, you know, it's time for me to be glad to talk to anyone or encourage anybody. And, you know, um, the book is really good. That sounds bad coming from me. I'm, I'm not here to push a book. You know, hey, I have my own resources. That book is not my resources. Someone buys it, praise the Lord. But uh, I've been told by so many people, you know, their words are, it's anointed. And so I would encourage people really to, to get the book. And it's a short read. Uh, I just wanted it to be straight to the point and get to it. Uh, you know, I had about another 65 pages. And I thought, you know, part of it was about my day-to-day -day recovery. And I thought, no, really the crux of the matter was uh, just what went on when I was by myself in that room that I shared with your listeners uh, and how God, you know, supernaturally spoke to me, appeared to me in the light and, uh, you know, just gave me strength, uh, supernatural strength to make it through the night. Ken, before we finish up, 
Can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. Seek the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You know, uh, it's the, God has just great things in store for you. Um, you know, I just really believe seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, these material things that people worry about so much. I think when we have our priorities right and we have our hearts right with God and uh, all the other things that seem to fall in place, you know, uh, when you're when you're walking in the spirit realm, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you know, God is going to put people in your path that I believe he wants to connect you with, whether that's for personal uh, reasons or for business reasons or, you know. Uh, just a, a friendship, but uh, I, I truly believe that. I know in my own life, as I look back, uh, you know, certain people have entered my life and left my life, and I thought, man, I'm, I'm such so much a better person for having them in my life for five or ten years or however long the period of time was. But yeah, I think seek God, uh, spend time in prayer, uh, definitely spend time in the Word of God, be able to discern, you know. The word of truth, rightly divide it. Um, you know, that's uh, that's our foundation. Ken, thank you for sharing your experience with us. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me, and God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.